1: And now, Joe and Pat present, Sports Talk's Person of the Day.
2: Stashing into the middle, here's Leine, shoots, scores!
3: He's got two! And he's got the league lead!
0: All
3: right, I need some... Honesty from my co-host here today. We
2: deliver that daily. Yes, sir. Uh
3: So Sometimes. the, the uh, young man that has uh, 44 goals for the Winnipeg Jets, Patrick Laine. Uh A, when you saw his name, did you think it was Patrick Lane?
2: Or did you know he was a Finlander? Nope. I had no idea. <laughs> I honestly, Patrick... I swear to god i had never heard of him <laughs> i will say I knew, nothing 44 about I knew nothing about him nothing about him what uh, what do you say i was going to say i i had only heard of him but when i saw the name on here i i wondered aloud Man, I could go for some lining kugels right now.
3: <laughs> well, uh, this kid is so good, he's not going to be 20 until next week. What? He's not going to be 20 till next realize week. he was that young. He's got uh, 44 goals in 82 games. Did he lead the league? Uh, no, I think Ovechkin beat him Ovechkin, okay. I think Ovechkin got 48 or something. Okay. 44 goals, but is uh, Patrick without the C, and he, he, it's Patrick because I had to go to a pronouncing guide, mm-hmm. and... Well, line a line a is uh, how they told me how to pronounce it uh line a patrick he's a big strong powerful looking uh finnish kid six foot five and uh 210 and he will have to be stopped tonight uh and in, in this series but he is uh he's got that finnish mug on him too man <laughs> square jawed young man Number 2 overall pick uh in the draft of 2 th- of uh 2016 so the Jets made a very good pick there in this wow. kid and uh he was uh as i said April 19th is his birthday great player years he's he's uh, he's 44 he's got 40. goals he's got, 40. he's got a pretty good <laughs> future up there uh we're going to talk to Sarah McClellan later she's up covering the series for the Star Tribune now remember when our boys' uh, first draft choice was Mikko Koibu, the fin- Finnish kid, How and we he forget? was taken rather high too, I believe. And uh, I remember he had four goals. He was playing in the Finnish pro league like when he was sixteen or something like mm-hmm. this kid. Uh, but he, I think he had four goals in the in the league, and I thought hey, you're drafting a guy with four goals. <laughs> this kid had twenty six uh, in the, for the. Uh, Kapara Juniors in 2013, 14. Does he have the so same? So he's bubbly... 19 now. How old was he then? 13. Must have been 14. Does oh, he share been.
2: the same bubbly personality as Miko? They all do. Okay. <laughs> uh,
3: you know, I don't. As I say about stereotypes, you shouldn't use them except the reason they're stereotypes is they're true. <laughs> and uh, the, the Finlanders are a different kind of. Now, once now, in a while, you find an in, uh, interesting one. But Backstrom, the goalie. He was the old uh, man. You could not get him out of his, out of that. You know he was Wiggy. He was the Wiggy <laughs> of hockey. You could not get him to say anything.
2: So with Patrick Line 8, now I remember the kid in Toronto, Austin Matthews. You had an yeah. issue with the way his name Austin O-N, was spelled. Yeah, yeah. So is there any no, issue now? You're, you're Patrick. No,
3: no, because that Austin Matthews was from. United States of America. He was Phoenix. from Phoenix. Yeah. You, if you're a Euro, you can spell it any way you want. So to. there's no I issues with, with, no, with issues. no
0: C
2: being. No in issues
3: okay. with the uh, Euro. Maybe that's the way they do it in Finland. Maybe we're the idiots. I just thought I'd ask you because C you are a Patrick no, yourself. No, so yes, okay. I, I have no problem with it, especially since he pronounces it Patrick. But uh, yeah. you know, if you're going to do that, and you're a Irish kid from St. Paul. Then I want to put you in a headlock and right. give you, take my knuckle and just kind of... Give you a noogie. Noogie right on top of the head. All right, I got to get one more thing in here uh, before we uh, get to uh, Buster Only and uh, Sarah McLennan today. Uh, the spring game have been canceled uh, by Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio State for Saturday because of... Inclement weather I will approaching. Get my
2: wall page ready.
3: Inclement weather approaching. Mm-hmm. Here we go. But the Minnesota Gophers are not going to foist the disappointment like that under their our way fans. To
2: grow, you must fail.
3: Our spring game has been moved to Thursday. To grow, you must fail. It's going right. to start at six, and then you can find it at BT, the replay at BTN at eight o'clock Gosh, Thursday. The, the spring. In a statement, just to get the statement just right, Phil Flex said, The spring game is a reward for our players and fans, Mm -hmm. so canceling it was not an option. Moving the game from Saturday to Thursday enables us to keep it outside at TCF Bank Stadium so fans can watch our team. It will also provide a safe environment why wouldn't it
2: be a safe environment? Because of all the danger on the field. <laughs> no,
3: but for everyone involved, and in, uh, oh, oh, meaning that I suppose because if of you the came weather. Saturday it would be in the snow. Sure. Uh, you know what would have been a safer environment? Canceling it, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, they're I, not gonna. By the way, no tailgating. Oh no! How am I supposed to tail? How am I supposed to get ready for the spring game if I can't poor, tailgate? Poor Babu. she's gonna have to do her drinking someplace else that day. Our friend. He AD. also,
2: by the way, had this to say: "I
3: eat difficult conversations for breakfast." <laughs> well, this was a difficult conversation. That's right. That's what he does. Uh, <laughs> says, "Are we gonna play in a blizzard? <laughs> are we gonna give our fans, our fans, our Madden fans, who almost." Well, they didn't almost sell out a game last year, but they, you know. We came close once, right? Didn't we come close? Yeah, our Madden fans, they insisted in this uncrowded sports market of ours that we have the spring game.
2: How many people do you think will be there tomorrow? Uh, They will announce uh, 9,000 and there'll be 1,500. I was going to say, who's going to have more? Mm -hmm. The Gophers on Thursday or the announced crowd at guaranteed rate field for the Whitey's, And the raise of nine hundred and seventy. Now, why did they give you an accurate uh, count? That was from your guy, the topper. Okay, did he count them? Somebody did. Mm -hmm. Somebody actually counted. Nobody ever.
3: Nobody ever tells the truth.
2: You know, and I'm so glad you brought up the spring game because it's going to allow me to dust off this old gem.
3: Positivity is going to change this culture. Period. When you get inside the football walls, you're going to have positivity hit you right in the face. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, well,
3: oh, it's, gonna hit, God, it's, it, it's going to hit season. you. Oh, know, God, it's almost go for season. Are the concession stands going to be open tomorrow? Oh, of That's course. Right. Can you get a beer? All right, uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll be back. <laughs> Mr. Olney is with us for our every other week conversation on baseball. Buster, there's got to be more logic in the commissioner's office than approving a schedule that has the Twins playing a 10-game homestand that ends (laughs) on April 15th. It makes no sense because this happens two years out of five, and today the Twins were playing, and it was 44 degrees, and we were celebrating.
4: And and you and I both know it's never going to change because no team wants to have a preponderance of of home games in April, whether you're in San Diego or Los Angeles or Minnesota. And so all the commissioner's office does every year is cross their fingers and hope that they don't get horrible weather. And this year it's been terrible up in the you know in the Northeast, in the Midwest, so cold. The other day we had a, a game between the Nationals and, and the uh, and the Mets in Washington, and I think the final temperature. The the temperature at the final pitch was about 34 degrees. And before that game, I asked a number of players, how do you deal with it? And you you heard different things from different guys. But the one that stuck with me, how about umpire Joe West, who was working first base that night? And I said, what do you do? He said, well, I've heard that it's really not good for your feet to sweat because it just gets cold in your shoes after they sweat. So I spray antiperspirant on my feet before I go out on a really cold night. I thought
3: Joe was hanging it up. I thought we were honoring him last year, but he's back. Or did he announce he's quitting after this year? What, I, I, I thought there was something going on last year that he was done.
4: <laughs> no, he's back. Okay. It was uh, his great sense of humor. In fact, he, he actually was sick before that game on Sunday night. I'm, I'm like, how you feeling? You under the weather? He goes, no, I'm fine. Very, very decisive.
3: A lot of people, he drives a lot of people crazy and some players crazy, but he's actually a good umpire, I've always felt. I I like him for balls and strikes.
4: Yep, and you know what? The players talk about how good he is in balls and strikes. Yeah, no doubt about it.
3: Which is the toughest job in, in baseball, balls and strikes. So, Otani, this is going to be something, isn't it? Uh, I mean, this, is, this hasn't happened since Babe Ruth. <laughs> you know, I know. Well, Babe Ruth that was a long time ago and early Babe Ruth by the way
4: it was and you know I saw a great tweet the other day that someone pointed out that uh after his first 10 days in the big leagues he had more home runs than Aaron Judge and more strikeouts than Max Scherzer <laughs> uh, You know, that's how well he started and, and it was interesting because he struggled in spring training but the folks who weren't worried at all were the people with the angels you know guys like Mike Trout I was talking with and he was just telling me, look, the guy's talent is off the charts. Uh, you see the power in batting practice, and you have to remind yourself he also, also throws 101 miles per hour. Uh, and they also had a sense of his personality and, and how regimented and prepared he is. I would encourage everybody. My colleague Tim Kuhn wrote an amazing piece on ASPN.com, uh in the magazine uh, about his background. And there's some great stories in there about how when Otani uh, was a teenager, How he wrote down a list of goals, and you know, we all of us as teenagers, we have. Oh, we want to do well. We want to, you know, make some money. He very specifically is like, by age twenty four, I want to have thrown a no hitter. By age twenty six, I want to have done this. And then he writes also in that piece, as Tim reports. At age thirty-eight, uh, my my skills will start to decline, and I have to start to think about retirement. <laughs> at age forty, I want to throw a no-hitter in my final game. <laughs> he wrote that down in a notebook when he was sixteen. That's who this kid is.
3: Well, one thing that taught us that he was a very different kid is that he was willing to come over here at twenty-three and and not you know not get the huge. The huge dollars he was willing to uh, – he just wanted to get over here.
4: That was part of the respect that I picked up on from other players because they understand that. And if he had waited two years, he would have been a pure free agent. He probably could have gotten something in the range of $250 million <laughs> as a free agent had waited two years. But he loves baseball so much, loves the craft so much. He came over here for this year. And this is someone, as Tim reports in his piece, who – it was in a program over in Japan where – the pitchers, they clean the toilets because uh, in the dorm that they stayed in. Because pitchers in Japan, they're at the top of the food chain, and so the coach there believed that you know what, uh, because they're at the top of the food food chain, they need to do the most menial labor. <laughs> so he cleaned toilets when he was in high school in Japan. He really loves baseball.
1: Yeah,
3: he does. That split finger is unhittable, by the way, because they're sitting there waiting for a hundred, and then they get that thing.
4: Oh, uh, that. Watching that the other day was absolutely incredible. Uh, and play. When you talk to scouts, that was actually like the third pitch that they would mention because they would talk about how hard he threw, and then they would talk about his great slider, and then he has this split-finger fastball that nobody can hit. He really is a remarkable athlete, a remarkable player, and I think I, you and I talked last fall about he's, how he's going to be, the most talked about player in baseball this year. A lot of fun.
3: All these years later, the Angels have Fernando Mania of their own.
4: You're 100% right. And I know that because I grew up a huge Dodger fan. So in the spring of 1981, when Fernando Mania was in full bloom, I could not wait uh, you know to hear about his games, follow his games as they're going along. And that's what's going on with the Angels. Like His starts now become must-watch in baseball. Uh, it, it's a great thing, and... You know, you hope that, uh, the Major League Baseball, the Angels, let everybody in, in, because I know there, there's certainly been some concern in spring training that um, that they were trying to almost nudge the media away from him. No, you, you got to let it happen like Fernando Mania happened.
3: Uh, and, you know, the the Angels, just from a distant observation, have always been the poor cousins out there. Even when they won the World Series, they were the poor cousins out there. It's Dodgerville, it's the Dodgers own it, but uh, this is going to change the narrative
4: a little bit. 100%. And, and Otani, literally, I think the minute that the Angels heard that Otani was going to land with them. And it came from a phone call from Otani's agent to Billy Epler, the general manager of the Angels. And he tells the story. When he got that phone call, he literally fell on the ground. Uh, <laughs> because he was so startled by getting the phone call, the timing of it, the decision, that he sort of began to try to sit down in a chair he thought was there and it wasn't. So he falls on the ground and he immediately texts Trout. He immediately texts Mike Sochi, texting other people. And you definitely get this, the sense that it like breathes some extra life into that franchise. Right after that, they went out and traded for Ian Kinsler. They signed Zach Cozart to play third base. Uh, look, they're not as dynamic as a team overall because the pitching as the Astros are. But Royce is no doubt in my mind. This summer, if you want to watch an entertaining rivalry, it's going to be the Angels and the Astros. Because the Astros are the best team in baseball, no doubt about it. But the Angels are coming for what they have. And they play a particular style of ball with this great defense and with Otani, you know, once a week, dominating hitters.
3: And by the way, they also have the best player in baseball, which makes yeah, it interesting. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which also makes it interesting. Uh, so uh, have they paid Trout yet? Are they, have they paid him? Is he is he locked up there, or what? When, when, what's the deal there?
4: He is signed through the 2020 season, okay. so we are kind of in the show-me time
0: mm-hmm.
4: uh, for the Angels and for Trout. And let me tell you, I, I've heard from so many people. I've, I've worked on a couple of stories on Trout, and Mike Trout is as respectful a person as you're going to meet. Uh, but he's also, he grew up in the Northeast, and he's base, in a baseball-crazy area, um, you know, he certainly followed the Yankees, didn't grow up far from the Phillies, and friends told me he wants to win. And the Angels have, are very aware of this, and they're, they've been trying to demonstrate to him, look, we're doing everything we can to try to make this team better, so this is a very important time in that relationship between Trout and the Angels. Because but- at some point, I'm assuming in the next year, they will seriously talk about an extension, or Trout's going to politely say, you
3: know what? I might try to win elsewhere. Uh, Buster only is with us. So uh, the Giancarlo Stanton hits two home runs on opening day. Uh, the storyline is: this is unfair. This is going to be no fun. Those two guys are going to hit 125 home runs between them. The over and under on home runs in Vegas is 105. Uh, on or hundred, a hundred and a hundred and a half. I guess a hundred home runs and a hundred point five, and now Stanton's a bum. <laughs> That's what makes well, baseballs great. He struck, he's
4: he striking out a lot, so uh,
3: he, he's a bum now in New York. Isn't that
4: the way it goes? You know, <laughs> yes. I, I actually feel like that the more surprising result was when he hit the two home runs because we have seen examples over and over and over of how. Uh, prominent uh, veteran players have gone to New York, and they have struggled. Whether it's uh, you know Reggie Jackson initially, whether it's Dave Winfield who got the nickname Mister May from uh, George Steinbrenner, uh, whether it's uh, Alex Rodriguez, it's a thing. And I think it's a thing right now for Stanton. I think he, you know he's a human being. He knows how much fans want him to do well. It's not like a young player being called up where no one's noticing. Stanton. Every at bat that he's in there, he knows everyone is waiting for him to do something, and he's struggling with that. Now, there was a good sign last night. He had a couple of hits, and I know from talking with the Yankee people, they feel like once he relaxes, he'll be okay. And I think that's the case. I actually think the Yankees' bigger concern is the fact that this lockdown bullpen we all expect them to have yes. has some issues.
3: Yeah, that is, and uh, you know, the Red. Meanwhile, the Red Sox are off to nine in a row, and. Uh... Uh of course uh, early season baseball That tw- that's a pretty good ball club up here i kind of like them the twins i'm 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 not i'm not the eternal optimist as you know but uh that's not a bad team they got to they got the snow problem they got to figure out what to do with uh, him to actually put the ball in play once in a while beyond hitting three home runs
4: yeah 100% uh, and I, I don't know how you feel, but I certainly right now, as we talk about you know, a struggling guy like Stan, another thing that we have to remember is, is you know, what you brought up initially, oh, sure. the weather. And you wonder how these teams will be different. I mean, my goodness, after the Indians won last night, uh, which improved the record of 6-5, and five, they had a team batting average of 158. Now, I would suspect that some of that might be related to the yes. cold temperatures. And maybe, you know, Francisco Lendor is is having some issues with that. Maybe some of the other guys <laughs> have an issue with that. Maybe Sano is someone who doesn't necessarily like playing in warm weather. I agree with you. You and I talked at the end of spring training. I think the Twins are the best offseason of any team in baseball. Loved what they did. I do wonder, as we go through this year, if Cleveland's offense, is uh, or lack thereof, is going to pull them closer to the Twins and make for a heck of a race in the division.
3: Buster, uh, Whiteys are here uh, Friday, Saturday, and uh, tomorrow, and they'll play tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, snow, cold, they could end up getting wiped out three straight games and then go to Puerto Rico. Uh, that, that's another thing. You're, you know, your pitchers aren't pitching. It's uh, The Twins have already had one postponement, but they're going to have at least a couple this weekend. It just messes up everything.
1: It really does.
4: I watched Luis Severino pitch for the Yankees. This is a guy that finished third in last year's Cy Young Award voting in the American League uh, In throwing against the the Red Sox on Tuesday night. He had no feel for the breaking ball. And that's what you hear from a lot of pitchers, uh, that this time of year they struggle like crazy to spin the ball, to to throw any kind of off-speed pitches aggressively. And as you know, hitters hate hitting cold weather. Because if they get a ball on the inside, they can feel it in their hands
3: for days. That's part of the official uniform now. The uh, the knit thing that goes around your mouth and your ears and the <laughs> whole thing. They all look like bank robbers. Uh, hey, Buster, thanks. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Patrick. All right, sir. Goodbye. The great Buster Olney. Uh, and uh, next week, uh, TK and Kirkjian. Can't beat that either. Here's
1: Johnny Height for the Sports Update. This update is sponsored by Bubba Burger. Bubba Burger is America's favorite burger, the best tasting and the highest quality burger in your local grocer's freezer. Bubba says you'll never bite a burger better than a Bubba. I don't think so, Kenny. I think that's the correct one, Kenny. Big Minnesota sports night. It's a huge sports evening. Minnesota Wild opened up their playoff run in Canada. They play the Jets up in (laughs) No, Kenny of (laughs) Shell. Trust me. Got it right here. Well, there's two versions of the Bubba. So I guess I'm... I think we're making Patrick P.O.'d right now, who's listening in his car on the way to the game. So why why are are they talking about a sponsor? (laughs) Go ahead. Minnesota Wild open up their playoff run in Canada. They play the Jets up in Winnipeg, game one in the best of seven series. Of course, the big one for the Timberwolves tonight, they're playing the Denver Nuggets (laughs) at the Target Center. The winner of that game moves on to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The loser is done for the season. The Wolves did practice. You stopped saying winter's going to go home because I made fun of you yesterday, aren't I you? I did, yes. Yeah. You, you corrected Why me. do you have such a complex? Come on. The Wolves practiced yesterday and shot around this morning. Uh, Coach Tom Thibodeau said Taj Gibson, the uh, Wolves glue guy whom teammate Jamal Crawford calls its rock, did take part in the shoot-around after he played eight minutes Monday because of a, a sore neck. Uh, Thibodeau said he went through the whole practice. I think he'll be good. We'll see before the game. Let him warm up. Twins with a nine to eight win over Houston today at target field. Max Kepler's second home run of the game in the bottom of the ninth winning it. Twins had scored eight in the fourth inning, led at that point eight to one before Houston came back to tie it. White Sox now coming into town for a four game series that kicks off tomorrow evening. I bet they get what, two? Two of two the in, four in? Maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Twin starter Irvin Santana is headed back to Fort Myers, Florida. He'll begin his throwing program in earnest. After getting the thumbs up from a couple of doctors, including hand specialist Dr. Thomas Vareca, Santana started a throwing program this afternoon, according to manager Paul Molitor. It's been more than two months since Santana had the operation capsular release debridement surgery on the middle finger of his pitching hand, and uh, it looks like he'll be back pitching for the twins early in May. Other ball games today in the major leagues. Colorado defeated San Diego six to four. That one included a uh, a brawl after a pitch was thrown behind Roland Arenado. He charged the mound went after Luis Perdomo. Uh, never got up to him. A lot of shoving around and pushing. Uh, no no blows landed. Kenny, just so you know. Babies. That's you know what we did learn, works.
2: though? John and I were investigating the uh, the brawl, and we discovered that uh, Mike Redmond, former twin and former Marlins manager, correct? Uh, yep. He is the one that broke up the, the Maguire and Arenado second altercation. What did know? he use to break it up? <laughs> He's the guy that used to run around naked. I know. Uh,
1: uh-huh. <laughs> With his baseball bat. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> With his baseball bat. Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> Atlanta beat Washington 5 to 3 in that ball game former twin catcher Kurt Suzuki hit two home runs for the Braves. Milwaukee with a 3 to 2 win of the Cardinals, Seattle beat the Royals 4 to 2. White Sox beat Tampa Bay 2 to 1. Two games going on right now. A lot a- of day games, Johnny. Yep. Uh, getaway day. Know. Yep. Arizona beat the Giants 7 to 3 and Detroit and Cleveland are in the first inning. State High School League will allow schools to shorten certain games in an effort to fit in baseball and softball seasons following recent winter-like weather that's led to a lot of postponements. You're going to have to explain this to me because I don't get the rationale here. Minnesota State High School League, you will in a minute. Uh, Today issued a notice to member schools that lays out how they can shorten the length of baseball and softball games as part of a condensed season spurred by the weather. Here's how it works, Chris. Single games, you'll still have to continue to play at least seven innings or until a regulation game is completed per National Federation of State High School Association rules. But Wait a minute. I thought the
2: high school's already played
1: seven innings. Yeah, and that will have to remain that way. Okay, I'm sorry. But what will happen, schools playing one another will be able to agree to two five-inning games as a ah, doubleheader, so okay. they'll be able to throw uh, two games up instead of one. Uh, they can also play one seven-inning game and one five-inning game, so they can play a double header, get more games in, All of that according to a letter from MSHSL Executive Director Eric Martin sent to the activities or athletic directors of member schools today.
2: I feel awful for the seniors. You know what I mean? you worked all year and then your season is completely screwed. I feel terrible for those kids. You too, Kenny?
1: Yeah. Okay. Bad weather. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Bad weather is putting a damper on plans for some college football program spring games this weekend. Uh, Not the Gophers, though. The Gophers will play their annual game tomorrow night. Under the lights, head coach P.J. Fleck said skipping the game was not an option because he wants to give young players a chance to play in a game-like situation and to give fans an opportunity to see the team.
4: That's not our
3: culture. That's unacceptable 100%.
1: Thanks, coach. Michigan joined a group of schools, though, opting to cancel their annual spring skir- uh, scrimmage because of the impending thunderstorms through the Midwest. Uh, due to a limited number of spring practices remaining for his team, a Michigan's coach announcing it would not reschedule Saturday's situational scrimmage, which was going to be open to the public. To grow, you must fail. And teams around the NFL no longer believe the New York Giants are going to be trading wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. before or during the upcoming draft. That, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, that represents a changing. in the thinking of teams that thought there was a real chance the Giants would end up trading them. Uh, That included the Los Angeles Rams, who tried to get him earlier from the Giants, but couldn't complete a deal. Quitting early, huh, Joe? That's all I got. Okay, okay. Let good. me get this sponsor, and we got to do the right one, otherwise Kenny doesn't get paid. Bubba Burger is America's favorite burger. Watch the Bubba Burger Sports Car Grand Prix. It's televi- uh, televised live on the Fox Network, four p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday, April fourth. Find Bubba Burger in your local grocer's freezer. Cha ching. Hello.
3: Sarah McClellan uh, covers the uh, Minnesota Wild for the Star Tribune in Winnipeg. Uh, it seems as uh, Coach Boudreau and the fellas are uh, embracing the uh, worthy underdogs and nobody gives us much of a shot angle like teams like to do, huh?
0: Yeah, you know, I think that's probably the approach to take. And, you know, that's the reality. I think the perception of this series is, and the numbers I think back that up too for Winnipeg to be the favorite. Um, you know, to have the success that they've had this season, um, you know, the amount of goals they scored, the amount of wins they've racked up. Um, they definitely earned home Ice advantage in this series. Um and they've had a pretty dominant year. So I I don't think it's any surprise to anyone. So I think that just kinda leaves the wild in the position to embrace it and, you know, deal with life without as much pressure because it didn't really work for them last year. They had, you know, the spotlight on them and They were the favored team in that series against the Blues, and they ended up losing in five. So we'll see. Maybe the underdog role is the one that flatters them more.
3: Now, you're up in Winnipeg, and I'm sure that uh, wonderful little Berg is going nuts for the Jets right now in the start of the playoffs. And, of course, you spent six years covering the Coyotes in Phoenix, and they obtained their franchise when Winnipeg transferred down to Phoenix Uh, You're in a little bit more of a hockey town, do you feel like, with Winnipeg?
0: It's been, you know, crazy, I think, around here (laughs) with the excitement. You know, you could see the jerseys people were wearing out and about this morning. It sounds like there's um, kind of parties around the arena that are going to get going here. Um, I expect an unbelievable atmosphere tonight. And, um, you know, on the flip side, that's probably what the Wild wants to try to limit, you know, is that excitement and that, you know, the energy and the loudness from the fans. Um, you know, maybe kind of get them quiet with an early goal. But, yeah, you can definitely feel the excitement here in Winnipeg. And this is a team that, you know, hasn't been in the playoffs for a few years um, and as a franchise hasn't won a playoff game yet, actually. Um, you know, so I, I think there's some urgency. I think there's high expectations. Um, but overall, I do think there's excitement just on the heels of the season that this team's had um, for this series to get going against the Wild.
3: Yes, uh, uh, the one thing they do which can be dangerous at playoff time because the games are so tight is they will put you on the power play, uh, the Jets. Uh, All the stats tell us that.
0: Yeah, I think special teams are probably going to be a big storyline in the series, as they tend to be You know, in the postseason. Um, it gets tighter out there. There's not as much space and time to maneuver. And so, an opportunity, you know, to score a goal or flip the momentum on a power play, those can be really timely moments in games and series. And Winnipeg's is dynamic, so it's really going to be key for the Wild to stay disciplined and stay out of the box. But if it does get a chance, you know, to try to capitalize because, um, you know, those opportunities, you know, could be slim, could be um, hard to come by in this series. So I think the special teams battle will definitely be one to watch. What's encouraging for the Wild is their penalty kill's been playing really well lately. I think it's gone 27 out of its last 28 kills. So, um, you know, their hope probably is that they don't need to use it that much, but it should feel good you know, about its play of late if it does have to um, try to stifle the, the Jets on the power play.
3: Uh, so uh, the uh, the the Liney, uh, the uh, phenomenal young uh, player of the Jets in the forty goal range, uh, I'd let the, the uh, Wild obviously would like to get Koivu out there taking on his fellow Finlander, but uh, up there that's going to be hard to do. Yeah, you know
0: that's one thing to watch. Is you know right now the Jets are pretty much in control of the matchup game. They have last change with home ice, um, so we'll see. You know if. Jet coach Paul Maurice is able to stick with the matches that he wants. So, you know, Bruce Boudreau on the flip side has to do some juggling. Um, It'll be interesting to watch. But, you know, I I think what tends to happen in series like this is, you know, your top two lines really have the ability to kind of neutralize each other. And that does open the door then for the third and fourth lines to, you know, make a difference and have an opportunity to change the game. And I think what should be encouraging for the Wild is those two lines have played well down the stretch. I think they've developed some chemistry and gotten kind of into a little bit of a groove. Um, so that should be good prep for, you know, the potential opportunity those two lines could have um, in this series to try to make a difference.
3: What did you see in the morning skate? Uh, the uh, lineup uh, as expected? Any? Uh, what is the uh, third and fourth line looking like?
0: Yeah not everyone got on the ice this morning which is typical of you know not only the playoffs but every time of year but um alliance that should be familiar um for the wild uh jordan greenway is going to play on the third line over tyler ennis so they kind of went with the size and strength element over the experience that tyler ennis would offer um and that fourth line does stay the same it's marcus felino Joel erickson eck and daniel winnick and um, I think that's a confident trio. I think they feel they figured out how they have to play to have an impact. Um, but also realize when your bench can get shorter. So they kind of need to be engaged and be ready to go whenever that is, whether they've been sitting for five minutes or they're in a regular rhythm. So I think watching those two lines see how they perform tonight could be telling about what to expect the rest of the series.
3: So uh, their goalie had a phenomenal year. Uh, untested in the playoffs, though, that has to give the uh, home teams, uh, the visiting team, some hope.
0: Yeah, this could be uh, the first time that Connor Halibut's been on this stage, and obviously, I, you know, I, I think the performance that we had this season should probably give him a lot of confidence. Um, you know, to be one of the best goalies in the NHL this year, forty-four wins—it's um, it, really impressive. And I, you know, I, I can't see how that just changes just because the importance of the game does, but we'll see. This is a new level, a new, you know, kind of backdrop for him. Um, whereas Devin Dunick obviously has the upper hand in experience. He's been here before. Um, he's won playoff games before. Um, but, you know, can this team do it this year? We'll see. It, it, you know, as much as the labels are set and it's underdog and favorite, um, you know, I think we'll probably get a good preview of, you know, what to expect from this matchup, probably in game one. I think tonight could really set the stage for, um, you know, whether this uh, series goes the distance, could be shorter, favors one side or the other, really, in terms of the technical battle on the ice. I I think this game holds a lot um, of clues of what to expect moving forward.
3: Coyle, uh, I saw your piece today. Uh, Coyle is... uh... Back on the power play, at least they were practicing that way, uh, trying to find somebody to uh, take a little of the duties that Suter had.
0: Yeah, that's opened up more responsibility, not just for the defense, but Suter was obviously very active uh, on the point, on the power play. It's kind of a distributor, um, so that often opens up a role for somebody else, and it looks like Cole will get that chance to. And the point there and it does come with the defensive responsibility as well because if that puck gets by you you know you do have to go into chase mode and try to defend so we'll see how he handles that responsibility but i think that's probably the best option that the team has without cedar up there
3: uh he's a mysterious character uh Coyle. he's uh you know they every uh year starts uh that this is going to be the breakout year and uh, he's, uh, you know, he has his moments, and it's certainly he has those two, three week periods where he looks like he's going to be the star they wanted him to be or thought he might be. And then and then he does, and Then he doesn't. you don't see him for a couple of weeks. He is an interesting he player. He's
0: going to be a big factor in this series because he has the tool set and the skill set, I think, that really could excel against this Jets lineup. He's big, he can skate and he can score. And if that comes to the forefront, I think that's the way to combat this jet lineup is you're going to need to be hard on the puck. You're going to need to be a presence in the corner and not get pushed off of the puck. And you have to be able to go to the front of the net and pay the price to score goals. So if he does that, uh, you know, I think that just makes the Wild even more of a dynamic Offense and just have a better chance to compete
3: against this top jet team. Hey, Blake Wheeler's become quite the hero up there. Uh, gopher kid, uh, local star here. It's, some of his Gopher career wasn't quite what the people expected, but uh, he's become, he's one of those guys that was a, be- become a better pro than he was a collegian, and he is uh, quite the, uh, quite the uh, as I said, local hero up in Winnipeg now
0: yeah he's had a tremendous year and you know he's probably in the heart trophy conversation as as mvp just for what he's meant to this Jets team um you know like the wild they've suffered injuries this year too and they've had to weather stretches where their lineup hasn't been at its at its best and he's kind of been the constant and you look at the points he's put up the minutes he's played i think he's really an integral part of that lineup and he is one of the players who does have playoff experience too so Um, His role could only increase as their season progresses.
3: Well, if the game gets over at a decent time tonight and you decide to go have a beer at a bar, uh, don't be there with the Bufflin uncles. They're famous. Bufflin's uncles from, uh, from the Warroad area, uh, Warroad Rosso area, area are rather famous. Uh, the legend of those guys is if they can't find a fight in the bar, they fight with themselves. So, uh, it's, uh, he's got quite the upbringing, uh, great, great characters in that
4: family.
0: Yeah, he's another big part of this lineup, too, It just embodies that size and skill that, you know, you expect from a forward, but he plays it on the defensive end. He'll be someone to watch for sure in this series.
3: All right, Sarah. Uh, no overtime. Play three periods.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. We'll talk to you
3: later. All righty. Thank you.
4: The ride with Roycey. Let's hear the boys' daily complaints.
2: All right, Manny, give me your Timberwolves' daily complaint. Oh, you nailed it, didn't you? <laughs> My daily complaint is the fact that they have to win this game to get in the playoffs because if they would have not given away so many clunkers earlier in the year, including the Memphis game a couple of weeks back. They wouldn't, uh, you know, this would be for seeding instead of actually trying to get into the playoffs. So You're they deserve to be to where Ravers. they're at. You're coming around to Team yeah. Reavers. They deserve to be where they're at, but they You want them to lose be. like I do, so they get two first-round picks. No, nah, I wouldn't go that Let's far. Let's go, but. Nuggets! Uh, if you missed any portion of the ride today, check out the podcast that you can find online at 1500ESPN.com. The Ride will be back again tomorrow. The Great Outdoor Show with Dennis Anderson is up next. Just that.